Uh, what was that? What was that? What was that, buddy? I heard that, dude. Don't try to cover that shit up. Who was that? Who? The cop? <laughs> yes, I'm going to call the who right now, actually. <laughs> CDC on the line. Welcome to the Taste Buds, a podcast by creatives on that never-ending quest for tasty eats, beats, and peeps. I'm your host, Kira Wood. Right. Yo, we are back, guys. This is very impromptu. We had another episode planned, um, which we will hopefully do in the future. But for now, we're trying to social distance. And Julie couldn't be with us today because, unfortunately, she has some family stuff. Hopefully, all that goes smoothly. Um, I know it's a lot. But this episode, I wanted to just come in with a you know an impromptu episode on what's going on and kind of how we're dealing with it and um, just want to provide a few kind of tips as well for those creatives out there that are struggling to uh, get through it so first off I want to you know keep to the format and go with a food pick so uh, Koichi do you have a spot you want to highlight uh yeah absolutely um I think my spot of choice for this will have to definitely go to Cafe Dulce. Um, oh, yeah. I'm a, a pseudo-regular at the one in Little Tokyo. Um, they do have a couple different locations. And they're a big cornerstone of the Little Tokyo community as well, just being involved in a lot of events over the years and whatnot. Um, so aside from their business obviously taking a hit from COVID and them doing their part to kind of uh, just pivot and and offer some new things that haven't been on the menu before. Um, they're also doing a lot for the community. Uh, there's literally a program that they're uh, a, a large part of called Community Feeding Community, which provides meals for people who've lost their jobs um, because of COVID and whatnot. So uh, yeah, just a big shout out to James and the whole crew over there. I definitely uh, purchased like a one gallon thing of blueberry matcha latte that's been keeping me alive for the last couple of weeks. So that bacon uh, donut, though, bro. And yeah, they're there. You can get your parking validated. Oh uh, yeah, that's super a plus. easy to park in the lot now. So um, yeah. So okay, yeah. So Cafe Dolce, I'm very familiar with that spot. You know, the thing is when you go there on a normal day pre-COVID, it was always busy, always popping. And I wonder about businesses like that. And also some of these very popular independent businesses, because I've heard some of them are just barely getting by. And these are places that are cracking. You know, I'm not, I'm not talking about like the ones that have been struggling. These are the ones that are cracking. So, you know, um, it's kind of crazy to hear how a lot of these businesses really do need that help, um, even though they might have the image that they're very successful. Yeah, it's, it's affecting businesses all around, for sure. Uh, definitely Chinatown, you know, Asian-centric places. Um, Absolutely. Like, obviously, everyone, uh, I think, is doing their part to at least try to put on, like, a good face with regards to... Um, any kind of outward facing like media, social media, whatnot, but um, everyone's taking a hit, man. Having said that, I mean, uh, yeah, I'm just trying to do my part when I can to, you know, pick up a, a meal or coffee or 
recommend a spot or, you know, post on my social that, oh, hey, like a coffee shop I like is now offering, you know, curbside pickup or delivery or something. So um, there's naturally so many people that didn't have online order systems or um, they weren't already partnered with a delivery service. I mean, it was incredible to see how fast people, you know, a lot of people like overnight in the course of 24 hours went from having purely a social media presence online to a full tilt ordering system lockdown. You yeah, know? People, so. people, businesses have been scrambling to get their online stuff cracking. And yeah, this is a great reason to do that. The issue though, like for example, with Uber Eats is uh, the, the the margins are razor thin. I, I heard that businesses actually suffer a lot because um, Uber Eats and DoorDash, companies like that take a lot, like like lion's share, actually. Right. Absolutely. And, you know, one thing that's interesting is that we're consumers. We go to a lot of these places, but also, you know, and I know especially Koichi, you have a lot of these friends that are in the industry, too. And I do like your perspective how when you do go to these places, you try to, you know, throw in a little extra tip. You're, you're not shy about paying a little more for a kit. Um you know, this is a very interesting question to bring up because on one hand, some of these businesses are struggling and an incentive to get people in the door or to buy things is to provide discounts or combos that have a little bit more of a financial incentive. But on the flip side of the coin, there's the mentality of, hey, we should raise the prices and, you know, hopefully people will pay more because they know we're struggling. Like, what's your take on that overall? I mean, I don't think there's a right or wrong answer. I think on, on the cheap end of things, like when, when you go with something that's a little bit um, more discounted, maybe there's this assumption that like, oh, because we're making it a little bit cheaper for folks, you know, than um, those who can afford to like tip a little bit extra can already do that. So everybody can win, I guess. Like it's a win for the people who maybe lost a job or like are, are struggling to make ends meet. Well, hey, like great. Like there's some places that are much more accessible. Um, I don't want to say that like people are actively out there like, oh, cool. Like can we upcharge in some kind of like snake oil salesman kind of a way, but naturally building in costs, right? I mean, we've seen that kind of stuff happen uh, pre-COVID with uh, like labor laws changing and minimum wage changes and this and that, you know? So um, that's just the nature of a restaurant having to deal with the situation for sure. But uh, yeah, I think whatever any other places that I love to go to and, and I'm a, uh, an avid patron of and want to see survive, I mean, whatever they got to do, like I'm, I'm on board, you know, even if it means if I'm paying a little bit more, I'm tipping a little bit more or all of the above, you know? So, um, and, and again, I mean, I'm in a position obviously where I'm fortunate enough where I can say, uh, like say I can do that. I mean, I think someone who, who finds themselves in a difficult position financially or something, I mean, no matter what you want to do, like no restaurant wants to see you suffer either, like just on their behalf, you know, like, so it really is a community, um, effort, I think, uh, for everyone to try to do their part. But, um, even for a lot of these restaurants, people spreading the word or like, uh, just doing what little you can and even social media might Absolutely. not seem like much, but I think now that we're also localized by it, like it actually every, uh, every message or every repost can help. So, yeah, I know. I definitely agree. I think that's the beauty of what we're going through right now. It's everyone has a different situation and everyone's doing what they can. And I've been seeing a lot of creative people, a lot of creative situations. Yeah. And speaking of which, I mean, you know, a lot of 
what's been happening has made everyone pivot, like you said, and, you know, again, the Asian businesses and also the Asian community at large has had some difficulties in this situation as well, because obviously when some real hardcore shit goes down, you know, the natural thing to do is start pointing fingers. This whole point kind of leads me into the next part, which is the the song pick. And uh, I was kind of deciding what I should pick. And uh, I just had to like, you know, step my foot down and actually just pick my own song this time because this song, The Loud Minority, it's like something that I wasn't really planning on doing. And it just came up because of the situation that was happening. And then I ended up flipping a real just homegrown music video last minute. Spit on and yelled at a Chinese kid sucker punched in the face and fell flat. Viet's accused of eating bats, no cap, so my pen's dried out. But I gotta speak for those kids who won't cry out. Korean teens quarantine cordially, but for me, ever since the age of 10, ridiculed and condemned for being a minority, even by parents or friends. It's apparent I'm bearing my soul through a Bay Area lens. And ultimately this whole concept started because because, you know, I started seeing things online here and there, but then also friends that I have in Europe that are Asian, they were, you know, sharing stories, telling me things. And then it finally came to a point where it hit home when I went to Home Depot mm -hmm. and this one dude just gave me the stare down, bro. Like I couldn't, I was thinking about it like the rest of the day. I'm like, was he really looking at me because of that? Damn. And it came to a point where it just all made sense, you know? What if you wanted your autograph, bro? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me let me tell you a funny story. Um, I was, you know, so I've been trying to work out during this whole thing. I, as you can tell, I I, I gained a couple pounds. Um, I I went to go sprint down my street. I had my mask on. I was just running, running, like veins popping. I was red as hell. And then this lady, like maybe fifty feet in front of me, she's just, you know, just walking. And then I'm running, and then all of a sudden, like, you know, sometimes when you run too hard, some spit gets in your throat, and you start to cough. I started coughing like crazy, but I didn't want to stop because I'm trying to beat my time. This lady turns around, and she sees this Asian dude just in a mask, just coughing, but sprinting at her like, like, like. <laughs> she looks back. She, you know, she starts looking the other way, Asian dude. Asian drive-by. You know, I saw a, a tweet online, and it said, like, Name one thing that feels illegal but isn't. And then somebody commented and said, uh, being Asian and coughing in public. <laughs> you know, it's like... <laughs> Yo, her eyes were a big-ass place, dude. She just, she ran faster than me. <laughs> the other direction, I was like, oh, shit. Ah. Well, an early symptom of the COVID-19 is loss of smell, which concerns me because I just farted and Kiro hasn't done anything. He hasn't mentioned anything, so... Ah, this guy. <laughs> this guy might be a... Right. So yeah, so then this whole idea came up um, and it's kind of, it's just kind of interesting how like, I mean, at the end of the day, man, like a lot of people out here are just a bunch of sheeps for the wrong reason, you know, like basically they look at people that are Asian with masks in the streets and then they come up with all these conclusions in their mind, the xenophobia, all that, the, the you know, the racism. And then suddenly the CDC talks about, oh yeah, masks are actually proven to help. And now everyone wears masks and then the racism starts to decline a little bit. I mean, hmm. at least that's what I'm feeling. Look, the way I see it is America is this neutral template for racism. Like whatever happens and you know whatever other minority or other that is involved in it, 
is going to have their fingers pointed at them. Like we're right now, we're uh, Muslim post nine eleven. We're uh, you know Black Lives Matter. We're Asian people haven't really felt this in a while, right? Like yeah, uh, when yeah, well, all these other races were going through it. Mexicans were going through it um, at one point, and it, it's it's frustrating to see like at you know when they were going through it a lot of. You know, even even me, like when I was younger, I wasn't really in solidarity with them because, like, yeah, why? Because you know the empathy wasn't there. Yeah. And so it really, it's really special when I see uh, someone black, white, or anybody other than Asian step up to you know speak up and say that shit for us. Yeah, definitely. Because of this whole situation, you know, that has spurred all of the the, the racism and the xenophobia that's going on. But this has always kind of been there. It's been tucked away. It's not like a new thing that's been created, you know? You know, like Kanye said, it's just like racism still exists. People just better at hiding it now, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, it just took one piece of news for us, uh, you know, to turn from the model minority to the yellow peril. There it is. Uh, that being said, there's a lot of calls for Asian people to carry guns, to incite violence back to you know because oh, yeah. understandably like i if i see a video of a chinese grandpa asian grandpa uh that hits home like get getting uh robbed um that that makes me very angry and there's i'm not gonna lie there's times where i just want to go out and fuck these fools up but of course that's not the right way definitely so the only thing that i can say about this situation because obviously I'm not trying to like say that people need to be silenced. I'm not saying that there's some easy solution for all this, no matter what race you are. But that's why when I made this song, the whole thing that I said at the end was, yo, just pull out your cameras and start filming. Because that's the only way you could keep injustice and bullying accountable. Being silent about it is actually part of the problem. Sure, yeah. First, let's talk about all these kind of negative things to get that out of the way, because you know, everyone's trying to point fingers, figure out where this is coming from. Have you guys heard of these different theories of, you know, basically China saying that the U.S. started this and then, you know, you know, now the U.S. is trying to uncover the quote unquote truth <gasps> of where this it's actually started? Yeah. And they're saying that now it's perhaps started in a the Wuhan lab and it got leaked out to the wet market. I mean, a lot of this stuff going on, it's it's just pretty crazy. I don't think any of that matters, though. Like, because what, what good does that information do anybody at this point? Yeah, but that also brings the question of how can you be more prepared for something like this if we don't know how it happened? But when we do find, say, we find a bl- like a person to blame or whoever, right? Then yeah. what? what? Then what's the next step? You know, like... Well, one thing is that the original outbreak of, was it SARS, I believe? It started in a wet market in China. And the interesting thing about that is that these, you know, these wet markets, it started because of the history of China. You know, it was just another way for people in the rural areas, the poor areas to make money. You know, it was just another income source. And so... Based on that, the actual government didn't want to shut them down, even though it was suspect. And even after SARS happened, they shut down the wet markets only for like six months. Then they said, okay, we can reopen them again. So now we have this coronavirus that's apparently coming from the wet market. If it did, 
why was this wet market even around? You know, like, why is it still around? It, it produced SARS, quote unquote, produced Corona. What I think the main focus should be is our country's preventative measures. Like, we can't control what another country's going to do. Yeah. Right? But what yeah, that's our politics. Our, our death toll is astounding. And we still have people protesting it. Like, you oh, know, God. my freedom's being taken away. And it's just really laying bare sort of that, that, that sentiment of anti-science in this country. Like, yeah. I don't give a fuck. My freedom's being taken away. And, and no, absolutely. So, you just basically throw, you brush logic under a rug just because you want that. That's what this country is actually like to the T and it, that, that really laid it bare. Well, also, I mean, you gotta, you gotta remember, I mean, while there are a lot of, actually I should, I should air quote that. I mean, there are a lot of deaths as far as like something that we're covering, you know, like, and it started at obviously just a few and look at where we are now, you know, but, um, it's still like, I don't even know what kind of, you know, percent of a percent of a percent of the actual population kind of a thing. So the reality is that if you're not in New York or if you're not in a, like one of the heavier hit areas, then it probably still feels like a myth to you because you don't know someone who's been affected by it or contracted it or has passed away from it, you know? Um, and that's exactly it. You know, that myth can quickly become a reality. We've seen it in other cities. We've seen it all over the world. Um, you know, when you have people that have that ho-hum attitude that aren't taking it that seriously, um, look what happens. I mean, the the mayor of New York, he is known for being that guy that was like, oh, it's not really a big deal. It doesn't really, you know, transmit very easily. Um, and he really downplayed that thing. And next thing you knew, it just went crazy. And that's the whole notion of flattening the curve, right? You know, there's less collateral damage and the hospitals aren't overwhelmed so on and so forth. My cousin is currently um, at the forefront at the COVID center in Santa Clara County. There are two, day, uh, two days ago, I just read the heaviest cases of COVID were in Santa Clara County. Um, this is actually one of the main reasons I, I started sort of looking into trying to help healthcare workers and because I couldn't just sit here and do nothing. Um, no, I'm, I'm actually very deathly afraid. Uh, the PPE uh, measures, uh, I've been hearing from a lot of my families in, in, in healthcare just is not adequate. Yeah. The, and that's the ultimate question. It's like, it's about preparing for the future or what's the worst to come, or it's about, you know, just dealing with what's happening now. And that's the interesting thing, because if America was more prepared for this, if we had the system in place, you could very confidently argue that a lot less people would have died. You know, a lot less cases would be here. Um, because if you look at South Korea as a roadmap for that, you see how they were already prepared because of the SARS, or no, oh, MERS, sorry. Yeah, and it came from the, the Middle Eastern Respiratory Syndrome that, was, that happened in 2015. One of the biggest things that they took away from that is that they need to test, 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 trace, trace, trace. And because of that, and of course their healthcare system, they were able to contain a virus 
the coronavirus down to less than 10,000 cases, and they were testing 20,000 people a day. So that really tells you that being prepared um, can really help, you know? People, uh, the, the willingness to work as a community. Uh, and, you know, America is very characterized by, I can do whatever I want. Uh, anti I'm not going to believe in the experts. I'm just going to do uh, what I feel like. And this is honestly what's been slowing us down in terms of flattening that curve. Yeah, it's interesting because one of the things that I talk to people about is that people in Asia, friends that I've made in Asia or China, they've all been telling me that you should wear a mask. You see it on TV, everybody's wearing a mask. And the thing is, I struggled with it early on because they're telling me one thing and then doctors and the government here is telling me another thing. And so it's like, what do you believe? And so at the end of the day, I ended up just you know, starting to rock the mask, because at least it's going to keep my hands off my mouth and nose. You know, they say we touch our face like five, 600 times a day. But um, it's, it's just really interesting how there's so much misinformation and you got to funnel through that and figure it out. A movement that's growing globally as a push for masks for all takes hold, led by the Czech Republic, where it's mandatory. I protect you, you protect me and being credited with helping to flatten the curve there, even though the medical evidence that they work is mixed. A research team at Oxford looked at how every country is using masks and says COVID-19 is an unusual case where masks can help because people who don't show symptoms can also be highly contagious. Okay, we've we've talked about some of the kind of negative things that are happening right now. I want to flip the switch real quick. And although it's a little hard to find silver lining in a situation like this, there are some positive things that are happening. For example, I mean, kids are at home now with their families. Uh, you know, the parents are also there taking care of them uh, with the children. Uh, you're not as you're not eating as much of the junk food. You know, you're actually at home cooking meals. Yeah, yeah. Um, People at, are at home sleeping more, resting more, relaxing. You know, uh, some of the things I've seen online is, uh, you know, people are more conscious about hygiene and health. Um, doctors and nurses are being praised. They're recognized as opposed to like the celebrities and, you know, sports players. Um, yeah. And it's also a great time to just kind of sit back and really think start rethinking things, thinking about life again. You know, that's something we miss. You know, things for the environment, like we've all heard how the pollution has dramatically decreased, obviously, less cars on the road. Um, I heard less, LA's like number two in uh, cleanest air in major cities. It's crazy, yeah. All the factories have... have you I know, mean, the earth of, is basically healing itself at this point, so... Yeah, yeah. And... um yeah, you've got like, you know, these different things happening, people stepping up, um, different companies offering discounts for creators, whether it's distributing an album or, you know, um, on services. Also, the, the creativity that's coming out, too. You have a lot of people pivoting, going into, you know, live streaming. And I know I, I started doing that. Um, people creating podcasts doing different things because at the end of the day, you shouldn't be just sitting around, you know, and wasting this time. You should be doing something, right? I mean, I know there's a, there's a 
definitely a debate going on about that mentality also because not every not everybody's like as used to like we're all freelancers you know so um something like this is just another curveball for any of us right like yeah but i guess it goes without saying because i mean even pre-covid there are millions of people in this world in very bad situations physically and mentally i mean you know nobody can control external factors but you can control your own outlook so yeah I, i agree you know like digest the situation you know nobody's faulting you for that but don't sit around too long oh no for sure for sure i just mean like before people even step up to that table there's like plenty of people who just aren't from a mental like health perspective like this is just a lot you know so it like that it's okay to just frankly you know you have to kind of process this all and not everyone's going to do that the same way like i said for me i mean it's more of an inconvenience um for other people who like uh, like whether it's they can't work or whether they have, you know, someone who they're, they're like deathly afraid of because they're immunocompromised or something like that. I mean, if it's just messing with them, you know, it's all right. Like you don't have to, like, you don't have to be posting about like what, what you're learning or this and that. And, and it's not to say that the, the people who are doing anything wrong either, but, um, it really is a whole spectrum of, uh, kind of ways to cope with something that is as disrupting as this is, you know, I mean, it's truly something that, um, no one has experienced before. Uh, and I do know a ton of people, I know people who couldn't move back in, in April, like, so they're, you know, like that's a, that's like another level of, oh shit, you know? So, yeah, I mean, 100%, you never want to shame anybody for not being able to do something, but, at the same time, like, do we encourage people to just kind of sit around, you know, and just like do nothing? No, if you, if you can, if you can grind, you know? Yeah. So with that being said, like, um, there are definitely like a lot of practical steps you can take to be proactive in this situation. Of course, you know, if you have the mental capacity, you know, instead of just sitting around and just like doing nothing, you know, there's Again, things that you could be doing, things that um, that don't cost money. Sure, could sure. pick up yeah. a you know a new skill. You can research, like let's say, if you are a musician, they say that the business side of being a musician is more important sometimes than even the music itself uh, to succeed. I mean, e- even if it's like you know you have to feed yourself and you got to learn how to cook, and you know there's there's certain things that you can do that will help with your mental health, like small victories. Setting so small I goals. Medium rare. What's I that? Medium <laughs> rare. It's I can't wait. You guys are gonna eat good. What's the first restaurant y'all gonna hit up after this is over? Oh, that's a good question. Ooh. My parents' house. <laughs> I think, huh? Let me see. What is it for you, man? I probably Korean barbecue. Ah, uh, like Korean barbecue. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's man. one thing you can't get right now. Um, I don't know though. Like, because uh, I mean, really, Korean barbecue, yeah, like that's dope, but that's something you could kind of do at home too. Like, it's I was just, about to say the same thing. I was barbecue. like, I mean, you give me a hot plate yeah. and some meat and some seasoning, I can, nah, I can I figure it out. Pot you know? shot, I need all that. Man, it's the pinigi. It's the, it's, I'm sorry, I just used the Korean word. It's the, it's the feel, you know, like, yeah, you pay it's that the vibe. You gotta break bread with you others. You know, you're, you're there with friends and, 
Exactly. It's more the Dude, camaraderie. Don't, don't with worry, the, with bro. I'll, I can hit the light switch rave and happy birthday <laughs> to you. Like, you know, like. <laughs> Just pump up the K-pop hella loud, you know? Yep. Hell yeah, bro. True, true. So what are some of the things that you guys have been doing to sort of pass the time and just get through this like my korean cooking my god once again you got you guys are in for a treat after oh, i'm ready i mean i feel like everybody's Ooh, been luck. cooking up a storm right yeah do a jump to battle the constant loop between my freaking washing plates and <laughs> a hot stove it's pretty therapeutic for me yes therapeutic you like washing dishes i do all right, shit. Uh, I don't wear the gloves. I, I, I know, bitch. You should come through because I got plenty I've of been, I've been doing a lot more pull-ups. I got this pull-up bar. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, man. It's, I've it been doing tough, push-ups. But... <laughs> We've been playing poker for push-ups, and uh, that's that's one incentive. <laughs> oh, up the stakes. Um, but yeah, Koichi, what about you? First couple of days are a little bit off and weird, but like, yeah, it's been a, been a good balance between making music, catching up with folks on like FaceTimes and whatnot. I mean, I feel like I've definitely talked to a few people that I haven't talked to in a while. So that's been... Yeah, that I do see that as one of the silver linings is I've noticed people have been reaching out more and, and I've done that as well to those that I really haven't put in as much effort as I should have in communicating and being in touch again. This is like a weird time where everything just stops and so you have a moment to just breathe and think and process and reach out to those folks that you felt like, hey, maybe we should have been talking more or saying what's up, you know, like childhood homies or family or whoever, right? Yeah. And even from like a community perspective, like I've had a couple organizations reach out and ask for music. And so I've, you know, I've provided some soundtracks to like some community oriented videos that have that have gone out like with one of the ones is the one i mentioned earlier on with what cafe dulce has been involved with with community feeding community and um trying to do what i can you know or providing some discount rates to to people who i know are trying to pivot and i have a friend who's trying to launch a podcast right now so we were talking about like audio branding and all that and she's like oh yo i don't really have that much of a budget and i was like it's don't even worry about it right now you know like just We'll, uh, we'll figure something out. So yeah. um, trying to do what I can. Yeah, this lockdown has definitely changed you in a lot of ways for the cooking because I know you said you didn't even have some of those like cooking tools before, right? Oh, bro, like I'm going to be spending money on my kitchen, not saving money on my kitchen. I'm like, oh, crap. Like I had to weather at, like a line at Target just to get a vegetable peeler. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah. uh, hey speaking, DIY, baby. speaking of uh, music, Saro actually left me a koto, the big ass string Japanese instrument. Well, shit. And uh, yeah, I, 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 I forgot and uh, I found it like two days ago. I'd just been fucking around with How did you forget and randomly find like a six foot long instrument, bro? A, a lot, a lot's <laughs> been going on, bro. <laughs> I got bro. To Learn cook and you got you got medium rares to perfect. I got you. <laughs> but yeah, if you guys want to mess around with it, yeah, I mean, just spray it down with Purell first, and we're good. Noted. What kind of like what kind of sound does it produce? Oh man, it's it's way richer than a guitar. Now, I know how to play guitar, so I I know how to sort of feel the strings and whatnot. But it's uh, when I see it on YouTube, it's way different. That shit is so beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. super dope. 
It's like the Japanese harp. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is the time, man. You know, if you could, I mean, I know Alex actually borrowed my guitar. He's going to be uh, learning <laughs> guitar soon too, guys. Oh, wow. The Season man bun's finally coming to life. <laughs> Mariachi vibes. <laughs> yeah, we're going to we're gonna try to uh, hopefully get him in on a jam session. We should do a coronavirus. I'm actually going to be uh, uh, featuring in the new, the new stream coming up. No, he's not. We're going to do a uh, post-corona <laughs> jam session. I think that'd be really cool. <laughs> It's going to be the Kirona stream. Isn't that next week? You want to talk about it? Yo, the live stream stuff is pretty interesting. This was my first time doing it. And I really had a good time. You know, it's, it's just crazy how people right now, um, they do value that. You know, I know I value it when I see a live stream that I have some interest in. It does feel like you're living in the moment. You're living in the present. It feels like you're part of something. And... Yeah, it's interesting, too, because they actually said that music streaming has gone down. They said that people are just watching TV now, eight hours a day is the average. So it's it's really cool to see people are, you know, getting through with, with these live streams. Yeah. So which one of y'all mastered the Tusi slide yet? I know you got the videos, bro. <laughs> Don't front. Kiro that's has been a, uh, practicing. That's another discussion into itself. You know, that was the official like validation of TikTok as a music delivery device. Yeah. Chinese people taking our intel. Yo. I talked to a couple of friends that I've made in China. And for me, China's sort of the crystal ball. I look at them and I see our future, perhaps. And I see how they're starting to come out again. They're you know, still distancing, wearing the mask, but going to restaurants. And yeah, I like, I hope we can get to that point soon. But what, what do you guys think? Well, we already have a part of the country that wants the country back open now, right? Arguably. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, and so I think places like New York, places like LA, uh, San Francisco, Seattle, all the really heavy hit areas, I think regardless of your viewpoint, I mean, you can't ignore what what has happened around you or the people who've, you know, who've died or have suffered as a result of it. So I think these areas, uh, LA included, will be a slow roll regardless, you know. Um, I don't know what that's going to do for businesses and whatnot. I'm sure it's not what they want either. But of course, you know, you have to comply and just do the best that you can. But yeah, like I like. I don't know if I personally would want to be like, oh yeah, like let me go out and just grab drinks now, you know? Yeah. Uh, I I saw an article, um, like I think yesterday about, and Doctor Oz is not significant at like he's not, not significant <laughs> in terms of whatever. But yeah, I don't trust no doctor with plucked eyebrows, fam. What uh, what he said? I think he was like on CBS or one of the Fox News. I don't give a fuck, but he's. Uh, he he was basically saying that if we op- reopen schools this year, uh, it will be beneficial. Uh, but we you know we'll we'll see a, like a loss of two to three percent of school children, and uh, he said that that might be something that might be worth looking into. And so it's sort of that 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 uh, what is it that thought process where they they've. Uh, value the system over the individual more where yeah they don't really give a fuck if two to three percent more school children will die if we open their economy now and like we're, we're hearing a lot of this like talking point the lesser of two evils you know like what if we don't open the economy now the effects it's going to have on business versus people's health and um uh that's 
laid bare. That's something that people have been fighting for for a long time, and it's just really coming out in the open. You know, you know what I find ironic about all this, too, is how there's a lot of people on the internet that are saying, oh, this is you know just taking too long, and we need to open up right away. It's that exact mentality that's making it stay locked down longer. You know, it's just like, <laughs> if we could all just kind of stay at home and just like try to do, you know, our best, we can maybe get this thing rolling again, you know, hopefully with a little more tracing and testing. For sure. Well, shoot, guys, you know, this was a very impromptu and um, hopefully we're going to see something more positive in the next month or two. So shave your head. Bake some banana bread and stay at home. You heard it right here. Peace. (laughs) Peace. Hey, that was our episode. Hope you guys enjoyed it. On our Instagram, you can follow us at the Taste Buds Talk. And feel free to DM us messages, any questions you have directed towards someone in the crew, or if you have topics you want us to discuss, feel free to hit us and we'll check it out. Peace. Peace.